Well, hello, my good friend. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum, and you are a business building warrior. And you may wonder how it is that I know that you're a friend. Maybe we haven't even met yet, but you're a friend. We'd get along great. And I know that as you listen to this podcast, assuming this isn't the first time you've ever listened, but let's say you've listened to 10, 15 episodes and you enjoy this show, I know we would make great friends because this is a show all about equipping you to build a business using the internet creatively to serve others well, to serve your spouse, your kids, the people around you well using the internet creatively. That's what we do. So I know we'd get along great. So yes, I'm going to call you a friend if you're okay with that. We are friends. And speaking of that, a way to expand your friend network of people who think like you and I do, who really enjoy using the internet creatively to launch and grow income streams with a focus on using Amazon is that dependable platform that we're most excited about. We have been for a decade, actually, and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon myself. Matter of fact, I'm very bullish. But if you want to surround yourself with other people who think that way, the best option is to get into our free Facebook group. That link, as always, is at silentjim.com. That's me, silentjim.com. Jump over there, join our free Facebook group. We're quickly approaching 70,000 members in that group. And it's a really great group. It's not the point of today's episode, but let me just talk about it for a minute. It's a really great group for a couple different reasons. One of them is we do a really good job of kicking out the spammers and the clowns and the people who just show up to complain about some random something that has nothing even necessarily to do with business. You know, now we like tackling each other's business challenges and solving challenges together. But if someone just wants to complain about how bad a day they're having because something bad happened, we don't do that. It's a place to come, bring your challenges. Those things that you're trying to overcome will help you with it. Share your victories. We'll celebrate with you. We'll laugh with you. We'll cry with you. But we won't complain with you. We're looking for solutions in all instances. So when you get a group of people together like that, that are using the internet every day, selling on Amazon every day, thousands of people interacting from around the world, using the strategies we teach on this podcast and in our courses, like our flagship proven Amazon course, well, that's a powerful thing. So I would strongly encourage you to do that. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment as we get into the lessons for today. But the topic I want to introduce to you is some of the lessons that my team and I have learned having coached over 7,000 people in e-commerce, thousands of those students specifically on Amazon. That's right. If you weren't aware, we've got a team of a few dozen coaches, all of whom, by the way, used to be students in our program. And they showed such a teacher's heart and such a love of teaching what they had learned along the way. And they were succeeding at a high level. We recruited them onto our team and said, hey, do you want to serve alongside of us with the things that you're learning? And those same people go on to be our content creators. That's where a lot of our new content comes from. Speaking of which, we just had a live, it was a virtual summit, you could call it, or a virtual conference. It went fantastically. The content was free for all of our proven Amazon course students and all of our coaching students. And it will be free going forward for those groups as well. But we'll have a pay to offer that you can spend a few dollars and get access to this if you'd like. But it was a lot of those leaders, those great, successful business building warriors from our community, those creative people who are doing life and doing business well some of the projects they're working on, some of the ideas they have, the feedback has been tremendous. So if you missed it, that's okay. It was two full, solid 12-hour days of incredible content. We captured all of it. We're cleaning it up, editing a little bit, taking out some of the small talk at the beginning or end. So it's just straight to the content based on topics that I know you'll enjoy. We might turn a few of those into podcast episodes as well for you if you're interested here in the coming weeks and months. But it was tremendous. So it's just such a thrill to be surrounded by every day, even virtually, people like that who are doing life what I would argue is the right way. 
They're focused on their spouse, their kids, they're building their families, they're building incredible businesses. Maybe it's an add-on income stream for whatever it is they already have going on in life, or maybe it's their full-time business. There's thousands of us. This is full-time. And for me, having been in this industry for over 20 years now, the e-commerce industry specifically full-time for over 19 years at this point, this is what I do. I know this industry. I've been around it a while. And like I said earlier, the topic of today's episode is going to be some of the lessons that my team and I have learned having coached 7,000 plus students in this industry with an A plus rating by the Better Business Bureau, by the way. We proudly post that on the bottom of all our of our pages anywhere we sell anything or coaching. And if you live outside of the United States, you may or may not even know what that even is, but basically it's a consumer advocacy group. Anybody can go and complain if they've got a complaint. And you'd think with hundreds of thousands of students served with our courses and our coaching program that you would see a whole bunch of complaints. I mean, just the law of averages would kick in at some point. Well, you don't because we take care of our students. And if they're not happy, if they've bought a course or content from us, if they've had a bad experience, something they've paid us for, we figure out a way to work it out and we make them happy. If that means a refund, we do it. If that means we work with them longer than they had paid us to work with them, hey, we're going to do it. We are all about long-term relationships, which is about point number three or four on my list today, actually. Another great lesson that I have for you that applies to your business as you're growing your e-commerce business. Now, to state with as much clarity as possible where we're going today, here's what I have. Like I've mentioned a couple times, we've taught a lot of people how to use e-commerce successfully. Over a thousand plus testimonials in our Facebook group alone of people posting comments and feedback about the experience with our proven Amazon course and with our coaching program. So what lessons have we learned looking at that many people? Not just lessons for us, not just lessons for someone who wants to build a coaching program, although I would argue we would be fantastic teachers because we've been doing it a long time the right way. And we've helped some people do just that, launch their own coaching program. But I'm talking about for you, as you're building your e-commerce business, specifically as you're building a business on Amazon, What are some of these themes that keep bubbling up? What are some of the common challenges, some of the common lessons? I won't necessarily call this a top 10 list. That certainly captures a lot of eyeballs. It makes for a good headline. As as I was just brainstorming through, spent about an hour or so preparing for this episode, thinking through, what are some of those lessons that I maybe don't point out all that often? Kind of those side topics that don't come up frequently. Your instincts may not bring those top of mind, but they're very powerful and very important to your success, as indicated by how common these things show up in the lives of the successful students we have in our community. So these are very common things that you'll see among successful students that we've taught. I didn't come up with this list. As a matter of fact, most of these things are timeless biblical truths that you can pull lessons straight out of the greatest book ever written, the most read book in world history, the Bible itself has twice as much to say about business and money as it does love and prayer. So you start pulling some of those lessons into your e-commerce business, regardless of your worldview, and you're going to have a better business for it. And we've got the proof. Okay, so what is on this list? I've laid a nice foundation. So let's jump into the actual points of the lesson today. And these are in no particular order. I didn't take the time to really put them in order of importance. So later on the list, they may be more relevant to you than early on in the list. But what I have done today is a little extra homework because you've heard me say many times on this show before, these are biblical concepts. We teach biblical truths. Some people can call them common sense. That's fine. I don't care what you call them. That's where I get my foundation for these types of lessons. They all tie back to the Bible in some way, and you can find these lessons there. So here's the first one as an example. I suggest you follow a tribe and not just an expert. What do I mean by that? Let me clarify first, and then I'll tell you exactly how I think that advice is conveyed to us from Scripture. Following a tribe means be part of a group that has some common elements to it 
a common motivation, a common direction, a common platform that you're using to do whatever it is that you're doing. You know, it's, it's not unlike being a part of a church, for example. But if you're going to be a tribe in e-commerce, part of a tribe in e-commerce, that means finding a group of people, not just a, a charismatic leader. I hope you don't do that with me and think of, oh, I just consume everything Jim says. I only listen to what Jim says. That's a dangerous place to be. You don't ever want to be listening to just one person. You want to be part of a tribe of people that are going somewhere based on a set of standards and rules and expectations that are bigger than any of you. That's what it means to be part of a great tribe. Now, you can find dysfunctional tribes. You can find tribes of people, for example, on, let's just use Amazon's own discussion forums. It's kind of a mess, to be honest with you. I don't know many people who see it as a place where you can go to get uplifted, encouraging, motivational content and inspiration on how to grow your Amazon business. I'm talking about the forums run by Amazon.com. <laughs> They're kind of a mess if you've never been in there. People to giving each other intentionally bad advice, undermining each other, complaining about literally every new tiny change that Amazon makes. To the point of exhaustion, you could scroll through in a few hours and just read people just complaining about everything. It's brutal. So no, that's that's a tribe for sure, but it's not the kind of tribe I'm talking about. I'm talking about finding a group of people, and it may just be a handful, maybe five, six people, 12, 15, 20, maybe a local mastermind. It may be some people you've met from our community, one of our events. You get together regularly, but you need a group of people. And it's probably not going to be your family although they could be included, but don't force them to be. Because again, this is something that's in your heart more than it's in maybe your spouse's heart. And that's okay. That's not a defect or a flaw in them, nor is it a flaw in you. You don't want this to negatively impact your marriage. So you may want to find other people who get it the way you do. So you can be passionate together about the little nuances of what's working, what isn't, what are you trying, what failed. Then you get to work on your relationship and your marriage and your spouse separately. Although there's plenty of examples of couples that do this together, there's also many examples of couples that that don't. And that's fine either way. But you do need a tribe, not just an expert. What do I mean by that? Well, if it's not abundantly obvious, if you find one person, you know, and you can start dropping those names, these YouTube stars, these YouTube celebrities, anytime that person talks, I listen to everything they say and that's all I listen to. That's just dangerous. Because the odds of them being right more than five or 10 times in a row before they make a mistake, myself included, is pretty high. Humans are flawed. So what's the scriptural principle for this? Well, there's a scripture, uh, Proverbs, where is it? 1522. In a multitude of advisors, there's wisdom. I think it says exactly, let me read it here. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, your plans succeed. Right? So if you just listen to one person or let alone just the voice in your head to get all the information you need to succeed in anything, you're going to eventually get off track probably in a big way. So that's that first principle. Don't just follow one expert. Be part of a tribe. And I would present for your consideration the tribe that we've built the free Facebook group. I already mentioned it once. You can go to silentgym.com, click on Facebook, almost 70,000 of us hanging out in there. And I'm not saying we all agree on everything. I'm not saying there's not a few spammers that might sneak in and try to private message you. Please let us know when that happens. We'll boot them out. We drop the ban hammer very quickly on people that try to misuse our community. But the vast majority of people there are really good people who love the kind of concepts we're talking about today, who love partnering up and working with others who are in this same arena. It's a great place to hang out and find your tribe. I heard it said a few years ago, you can't find your purpose until you find your people. So set about finding your people. The ones who succeed in this industry are the ones who can say, here's my tribe. The ones who fail are the ones who say, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to go as fast as I can and build something big. Nope, not going to work. You're going to burn out. You've heard the saying, it's been attributed to John Wooden. And I think prior to that, I did some research. It was attributed to like an ancient African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, take a team. You've heard it. It's not in the Bible, but it's backed up many, many places scripturally. So let's move on to point number two. You'll hear from time to time, 
on average two or three times a year from my experience. Now, I've been in the industry 20 years, so about 60 times now, (laughs) that's not an exaggeration, 60 plus times I've heard the sky is falling, it's all over. The rules have changed, the fees have risen, the competition is too fierce, we're now saturated, game is over, whatever, fill in your blank. You know, Amazon has gone crazy, eBay's shut us all down, it's game over, time to cash in your chips and go get a real job. You're going to hear that two or three times a year in e-commerce. Just set it. If it's been three or four months since you've heard somebody come forward in a very bold proclamation that's widely listened to by, you know, whatever expert of the day is, uh, who typically it's some of the newer experts that take advantage of this because it's a brilliant strategy to attract a crowd. It really is. To say the sky is falling gets you a lot of attention, but they're always wrong. You revisit a year later and you look at whatever prognostications they had in their heart and, and that they were so eager to espouse to the masses and you check in and hey, lo and behold, everything's still kind of rocking and rolling. E-commerce keeps growing. eBay's doing just fine. Amazon's doing great. Half of all the transactions online any given day in the United States are happening on Amazon. And I've been hearing for a decade now, oh, game over, they just raised their fees. Oh, game over, they just made some categories harder to get into. Oh, game over, Amazon selling some products in a new category they didn't used to sell in. Oh, game over, it's easier than ever to get suspended. Oh, game over, this happened, that happened. Whatever the rules and changes are, all it does, you've got to see it as an opportunity. Because you see, every time there's opposition, all it does is scare away the people who are weak-kneed, who have fearful hearts, it scares them away or makes them consider other opportunities. It's actually an opportunity for you to stick with it and just watch how great it goes. The only question you have to ask yourself is, is e-commerce getting bigger or smaller? The data is clear. It's getting bigger. So if you're increasing the skill set that you have, that you can use to tackle the challenges as they come, if you have a tribe you're going to be just fine. Even the worst case scenarios, you're going to be more than fine. You are in the most cutting edge, rapidly, positively evolving industry in the history of the world. If you stay afloat, the tide's going to rise and take us all up with it. We are in an incredible industry. And you can't say that about all the industries right now. The hotel industry, the travel industry, you know, just entertainment industry, they're all just getting pounded. Not our industry. Our industry's cranking out millionaires faster than anything that's ever been seen in world history right now. E-commerce is on fire. So don't allow yourself to get discouraged. The bigger challenge you have is probably being distracted by all the opportunities that are out there. Stick with it. That's a little bonus lesson. I don't have that necessarily even on my list today, but you've got to stick with whatever you're doing with determination, and that tide will rise your ship over time. Don't give up. So, the lesson here to get back to my main point when someone says, Oh, it's dead. Oh, it's over. Oh, negative this, negative here. That's bad. Another work, saturated. One of the reasons I love this podcast so much and I love doing what I do is because we have dozens of recent examples of people who are succeeding. And among those dozens of people, if you listen to enough episodes, you're going to find people who have fewer advantages than you. They're not as intelligent as you, perhaps. They didn't get as much education as you did. They didn't start off as financially set as you are. They live in a worse part of the world than you do. Whatever those disadvantages are you think you have, I'll give you someone with a whole list of bigger disadvantages who's building an incredible business specifically on Amazon, right now. What's your excuse? When someone says, the sky is falling, the opportunity is over, there's one question you need to pop into your head immediately. As soon as you hear it, immediately, as soon as someone says, oh, it's dead, here's why, ask them this, what are you selling? Because they're selling something. Because the facts and data do not line up with that analysis at all. They're trying to sell you something else. They're trying to sell you a course on a new concept over here. They're trying to get you to be distracted to whatever shiny object it is they want you to look at. 
Fear is a tremendous way to get the attention of a lot of people very fast. It doesn't keep their attention very long. You got to keep them afraid if you want to keep their attention. And I won't dive any deeper on that because I'm not looking to get myself into trouble. But fear is a great way to keep people's eyes fixated on whatever it is you want to say. So telling people the sky is falling is a great way to get them distracted off course. Look at the numbers. Look at the data. E-commerce, online shopping, Amazon specifically, all these other e-commerce opportunities, though, in, in this basket, it's getting bigger. The opportunity is growing. The knowledge base you have is arguably some of the most valuable business information that's ever been learned. And you have that knowledge. Just listening to this podcast, going through the content, the courses, the tremendous other thought leaders in the e-commerce space, that base of knowledge you have is incredible. So don't let anyone scare you off path by saying the sky is falling. I'll just remind you of a little factoid. I like to drop this from time to time. With over 7,000 coaching students come through our program, tens of thousands of people buying our courses, content, attending our conferences, I know of exactly five people who have been permanently suspended off of Amazon who have come through our community and contacted us. Three of them, they completely ignored several IP complaints that they could have probably easily handled had they been paying attention. The other couple, I don't know what actually ended up happening with their account. Kind of hard to explain. They never necessarily explained it to me. Probably easily fixable things had they been addressed. In all cases, they're all doing other things now and they're doing just fine. So with, you know, do your math. Don't let people throw these big, scary scenarios at you and get you all worked up. Even if you are suspended, you have about a 96% chance of getting back very quickly into your account. Okay, so throw these scary scenarios to the side and keep plowing forward with your tribe. Here And here's why fear is such a, a powerful thing. And it's contagious. Uh, it's a, and I mentioned already, it's a great way to attract a crowd, but it's just so incredibly contagious. The example I like to use for my friend Daniel Lappin, and I shared this at our virtual event last week during a panel session, there's a reason that uh, when two armies are fighting, you know, and the, the weapons are being fired back and forth and the battle is raging and lives are being lost, if someone from one side or the other gets up and runs from the battle, historically, the only responsible thing to do in that moment, if you're in charge of those troops, unfortunately, and painful as it might be, the only way to handle it properly is to shoot that person who's running away from the battle. Now, do you do that to punish them? Is that seen as like instant justice because you, you're trying to run away from your duties? No, it's not that at all. I'm sure your heart would break if you were in the position of having to do that. But what you're doing in that moment is you're recognizing how contagious cowardice is, how contagious fear is. You're not just taking out one person and punishing them for their irresponsibility you're cutting off the source of fear, saying we will not respond in fear. We cannot afford to respond in fear because then the whole battle is lost. The campaign is over. Our enemy has basically taken whatever it is they're trying to take from us and they've won. We've forfeited everything because we let one person turn in cowardice and run. So the tribe you're hanging with and their determination to stick with it matters a lot. Fear is contagious. Don't be that person. And you don't have to look very far in the Bible to find many examples of this. Uh, I found one of my favorites is the story of King Saul, and you've heard of David and Goliath. If you remember, King Saul was the guy in charge of the armies at the time when this giant challenged the army of Israel and said, hey, send me your best fighter. And King Saul, who was in charge, had he been a, a noble king of valor, he might have said, hey, strap me up. I'm going to go down there with God's power and take this dude out. But he didn't. He sat for a very for day after day after day, shaking in his tent, didn't want to see people, didn't want to talk to anyone. That fear spread through his troops. They were all nervous and scared. And you can go read in 1 Samuel uh, in the Bible, the, the rest of the story, 1 Samuel 17. But basically, till David showed up, they were all terrified and deeply shaken because it started with the response of one man who everyone thought would be bold enough to go out and do what needed to be done, but he never did. So God sent someone else. And perhaps you know the rest of the story, perhaps you don't, but the illustration is fear is contagious. So here's my next point. As we move through my list, point number three, 
a good lesson, having taught 7,000 plus coaching students, having seen what works and what doesn't, the people who start with the low risk strategies, who start out by putting money in the bank instead of by making big investments, they're the people who get great results long-term. So you start small, you test small, you lose small a little bit here and there, you win small, you get your momentum, and then the rewards get a little bigger and the risks get a little bigger. And finally, those strategies begin to work and you look back over your shoulder at how far you've come in three months, six months, a year, two years, and you've got this incredible slow growth curve. It's beautiful. It makes just about every other industry out there jealous, the kind of growth curves that we can create in e-commerce. Now, why do you want to go slow? You know, you've heard the old wisdom, slow and steady wins the race. And, and I completely agree with that. But is there a biblical concept there? Of course there is. The Bible says, Proverbs 13, 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Proverbs 13, 11. You don't want to go after that quick, big hit. Get in, make a bunch of money, get out. That's not how you build wealth over the long term. You gain it slowly, little by little. That's how you build. So we didn't just come up with this idea as Amazon trainers to teach people to build slowly, little by little. Actually, it's a biblical principle. So we based our Amazon training on that principle. And I think that's the reason why we have so many more success stories, such a long track record. Nobody else in the industry that I'm aware of has been training Amazon e-commerce success for half as long as we have, let alone 17 years with 7,000 plus students. No one else comes close to my knowledge. So there's that. We've based it on biblical concepts. That's been almost our secret unfair advantage and kind of almost giving away the secret sauce today, but it's no big secret because these are strategies that have been around for over 2,000 years, serving the Hebrew people very well as they've applied them. And anyone who's willing to pay attention to biblical principles, it's all right there. Okay, the next point, this is number four. From my observation, having served 7,000 plus coaching students, success is always about relationships, not products, not necessarily services even. It's about relationships. What's that mean? If you're trying to do this by yourself, you may be able to succeed temporarily, but long-term, it's going to crash and burn. You'll either burn out, you'll get confused, You'll start thinking that you're the one that has all the best answers and you'll turn away from some really good advice. Failure to get a tribe is almost business suicide. You've got to have a group of people that you can lean on and rely on to run these ideas past. And the quality of those relationships determines your future. It's not about finding that great product. It's not about buying the right software that helps you uncover the right strategy. It's about having the right relationships. Ask anybody who's succeeding at any level how important relationships were for them getting to where they are now. And while they may not teach it as part of their strategy, they will acknowledge that without the relationships that they intentionally pursued along the path up to where they are, they would not be where they are now. It's not about bought the right book, bought the right course, had perfect timing and listened to the right podcast episode. It's about the relationships they have. You need to be intentional about that. That's the mortar that holds all the bricks in place. That's the glue that the structure is built on, relationships. And you've heard me say many times before, if you've listened to other episodes, it's not some kind of nice side add-on benefit to have some good relationships when you do business well. That's not the way to think of it. The biblical way to think of it and the way to, that so many successful people, all successful people that I'm aware of, have benefited from the fact that when you pursue great relationships, business results. When you pursue great relationships, money happens. When you treat people awesomely, the money flows. It's almost like a side benefit. If you pursue the money thinking, oh, I might get some good relationships along the way, that's putting it backwards. Pursue great relationships. Hang out with people who are smarter than you, who've been on the road longer than you, who are humble enough to spend some time mentoring you along, pouring into you. And by the way, successful people, with rare exception, love helping people get on the right path towards success. That's what our coaching program is all about. 
The one thing we do like to do, though, is make sure that you're serious about your commitment to success. And that's evidenced by your willingness to invest. Because if someone just says, hey, I want to go pick your brain for four hours, maybe buy you a cup of coffee sometime. That doesn't tell me if they're serious or not. But if they say, hey, I've got a few thousand dollars set aside over the next six months, I want to meet with you a handful of times. And to show how serious I am, here's the money, let's meet. And I want to learn what it is you can teach me. Now that's someone who is putting tremendous value as evidenced by their willingness to pay on what you have to say, for what you have to say. So if they see value in it, they're willing to pay. If they don't see value, they're not willing to pay. It's not a complicated formula. That's the way we make all purchasing decisions. If I don't see the value in that, I'm not going to pay. If I do see the value, I'm very willing to pay. That's how it works. So that's how we know we're working with people that see the value in it. So success is about relationships. So having a good reputation with a lot of people will serve you very, very well. And there's actually a scripture on that too. Talk about relationships. A good name is better than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. That's Proverbs 22, 11. What's that mean? If I have a great reputation, the silver and gold is going to come. If I'm building great relationships, the silver and gold is going to happen. If I'm serving other people well, I'm going to have my own needs taken care of. If you get it reversed, however, and you try to go after the silver and the gold, you try to go after the results, financial benefit for yourself at the expense of relationships, you're not going to have either in the end. So many examples of that. What's that have to do with coaching? Well, the dozens of coaches that we've pulled together out of the thousands of incredible students that we've had, those top of the top, most creative, caring people with teachers' hearts who've built incredible businesses, their time is worth your money. I'm telling you, we charge a fraction of what we should for our coaching program to get to spend time with these incredible leaders who will pour their heart and soul into helping you succeed and get on the path that they've been on. They're all giving people They'd probably do it for free if they knew you were going to take it seriously. But the challenge is when we say, hey, who wants free advice? We get about 50,000 hands that go up and we can't serve everybody one-on-one without taking payment from those who as a signal that they're the ones that are serious. These are the people who are really ready to work and you're taking the commitment seriously. Those are the people we put at the front of the line because we know they're ready to go. And if that doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. This may not be the right, season. This may not be the right time. This might not be the right opportunity for you. That's okay. But we certainly do have a good number of people every week who take us up on that offer. And we continue to crank out incredible success stories as evidenced by the unsolicited posts that you can see in our Facebook group every day of the week. It's completely free. Go in there. You can click on the topic tag right at the top of the Facebook group once you're in. And you can scroll through hundreds of posts from our students who have taken our coaching taken the proven Amazon course. They've gone through, followed the steps we teach, and they're building amazing businesses. You've heard dozens of them on this podcast. Scroll back in time. You'll hear them. That's what we do. Okay, so what's the next principle that we've learned from having taught over 7,000 students some of the things that float, the less than obvious lessons that maybe you've never considered? Hey, quick break while I tell you about a fantastic sponsor, someone who's been a member of this community for a long time, Jonathan Swart and his family since 2016. They built a company called ilovesupplies.com. They have great poly bags. These bags have strips on them when you peel it that don't cling to your hand or to the product. You don't have to flick your wrists. Printed right on the bags are the size of the bag in case they get mixed together. It's a beautiful feature. It also says ready to ship right on the bag. So you don't have to worry about putting stickers as much as you do currently. It really speeds up the time you spend prepping your product, which makes a big difference. Contact them at ilovesupplies.com. That's ilovesupplies.com. When you email them, use the email address, I got my bags at ilovesupplies.com. Again, the email address, I got my bags at ilovesupplies.com. Check the show notes. All the information is there as well. Okay, so what's the next principle that we've learned from having taught over 7,000 students some of the things that float, the less than obvious lessons that maybe you've never considered? And next, I'm going to introduce the law of specialization. I've already kind of talked about that a little bit, 
and this is a very biblical concept as well, but what is the law of specialization? That means you're going to go much further in life if you're really, really, really good at one little niche thing versus being kind of good at 50 things. You'll go so much further, and I won't spend time diving into the math and the economic models to support this, but we've proven it time and time and time again throughout history. It's a thousands and thousands of year old concept biblically. Um, you don't have to, I'll give you a couple examples here. Uh, when Jacob was dying, and later also when uh, Moses was dying, they assigned specializations to their sons or to their tribes. It was a very common thing in the Old Testament. This son, you'll be known for this. You will do these things, you know, with your skill, with your hands. This son, you know, a mind for for business or shipping or, you know, just giving them specific trades. You'll be a scholar. You'll be an educator and specialize, specialize, specialize. You want to do the same thing in your approach to your business. And what that means is you want to use specialists in your business. You want to know enough about accounting so that your accountant doesn't take advantage of you that you know kind of what's going on, but you don't want to do all your own accounting. Probably the most obvious advice is you don't want to be the guy cutting your grass. Once you've got a business that's starting to grow, once you've got some momentum behind the concepts that you're trying to tackle, unless you just love getting out in the hot sun and that's kind of your exercise, hey, that's cool. I'm not saying you should never mow your grass, but strongly consider paying a neighborhood kid 15 bucks instead of doing it yourself. Free up your time. Your time becomes increasingly more valuable as you grow your business. As you specialize more, you're going to need more specialists in your life. I'll repeat that because that's really good. As you specialize more, you're going to need more specialists in your life. One of the best specialists that you can bring into your life is a coach, someone to hold your hand. They've been there. They've done that. They know what questions you should be asking. That's a very valuable person to have in your life, not just someone that can answer your questions, because odds are you don't know what questions you should be asking. They will tell you what questions you should be asking, and they will help you answer those. And then we'll get to the interesting questions that you have later, of course. But what questions should you even be asking right now? A lot of people who are new to e-commerce, they don't even know. You can shave months, if not years, off the learning curve by investing in someone who can help hold your hand as you go down this unfamiliar territory. So use specialists and be a specialist. Here's a scripture I think illustrates this as as we move on. I'm not going to use scripture for all the points. I have a couple more to, to go, and they're more Amazon specific, but I like this one. If you give instruction to a wise man, he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. 1 Corinthians 11.1. Use experts. A wise man seeks out counsel. A wise business person is always looking to ask the right questions to the right people. Always be seeking more information. Don't think that you're good enough and smart enough to learn it all on your own. That's just so foolish. The value of putting yourself at the feet, to use kind of an illustration of someone who's been there and done that and saying, teach me. I don't even know what questions to ask. Teach me. That is a tremendous, it takes some humility to do that. Our culture doesn't really teach us that that's a necessary step of growth, but from a biblical vantage point and from what we've seen in our community of people who've gone on to succeed, the ability to humble yourself a little bit and say, okay, I don't know what questions I should be asking right now. I'm going to go find someone who does know what questions I should be asking, and they're going to help me answer them. That is such a tremendous advantage. And I would say this, as maybe this is a little bonus lesson. But one of the things I've seen in people as they start to succeed in business specifically is, especially if they start to get some attention from others who are looking at them and saying, wow, okay, you've learned some great things. Teach us, teach us. One of the temptations you'll fall into is to begin thinking that you're not allowed to ask questions anymore because now you're the one with all the knowledge. And there's nothing more grating than that. I mean, think of some of the successful people that you know who just kind of rub you the wrong way. Like, man, I, I, congratulations on their success, but I can barely stand to be around them because they just rub me the wrong way. Is it this maybe? Let me just ask, consider this. Is it the fact that you never really hear them asking questions in their own mind? Does it feel like they've kind of arrived and they have all the answers to every possible challenge that life has to offer? That's kind of annoying, isn't it? Because they think that they've arrived at a higher plane than any of the rest of us are capable of. That's not a good leader. 
that's a good entertainer perhaps that you can put up with for a short period of time. And then you have to get away from their self-focused grandiosity. They just wear you out. Somewhat entertaining for short periods of time, but then you just got to get away. Don't be that kind of person. As you climb the leadership ladder, which business success is a leadership ladder, you'll have more and more people appreciating your ability to lead and expecting leadership qualities from you as you succeed in business. Always be willing to ask stupid questions. No matter how high you climb, always be willing to ask obvious questions. And I think that might be part of the appeal of Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you listen to his podcast or not. It's one of the most popular podcasts in the world at this point. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of who he is or what he does, but I think that's part of his brilliance is he's a very obviously intelligent, accomplished, and he's mastered his craft. You know, he, he studies in psychology and philosophy and and he just asks some of the most basic questions. He calls himself the most confused person I know on many occasions. He just has such a humility about him and it's genuine. He's still trying to learn. He understands so much more than the rest of us do about these fields, but he's still on this incredible leadership journey that isn't afraid to ask the most humbling of questions. So on that note, if I haven't made it clear in quite some time, or recently that you've heard of, I have no idea what I'm doing much of the time. I've been doing this almost 20 years and I wake up some days and face a challenge and look around and I'm not sure what questions I should be asking right now. I'm not sure who I call to run this past. It happens to all of us. It's part of the nature of being in a new industry and I have no intention of ever being so accomplished in my own mind that I stop seeking the advice and counsel of other people who've been there, done that. Not just in our industry, but in business in general. You'll never arrive. You will never get to the point where you can afford to stop asking questions. Actually, you'll just be asking harder and deeper questions throughout the entire journey. That's what it looks like. And I say that from a vantage point of having coached thousands of people for nearly 20 years at this point. The people who succeed, they never think they're too important to ask silly questions. All right, so what else is on our list? This is a big one. You need to be able to see the virtue in what you do, which might sound philosophical or spiritual or unnecessarily, I don't know, internal examination. Like, Jim, I don't need that. I just need strategies how to sell more product. Well, no, actually you need more than that. We've got that. We can easily teach you how to find products all over the place. That's not the challenge. The challenges are internal. The challenges of building a business truly are internal. And I, again, I've taught so many people and I see who fails and succeeds. It's not the intelligent people. It's not the motivated people necessarily. It's the people who understand the kind of things that I'm talking about in this episode. So you've got to see virtue in what you do. What do I mean by that? Well, if you feel guilty selling something for a profit, if you don't see the virtue in serving someone well, and then them handing you certificates of appreciation for the work that you've done. If you feel guilty in that moment, somehow you've taken something from somebody. You don't understand how business works. You haven't internalized what it means to serve well, and then to be thanked for that service in a tangible way that allows you to continue serving. This is a good time to revisit perhaps the definition of profit that served me so well for so long, and I've taught it to many others as well. Profit in business are those funds that allow me to continue serving others well without needing charity to continue my work. Some people do good work and they rely on donations to do that good work. Where do those donations come from? From people who are serving so well that they're paid to serve and they don't need donations. That's the only place donations come from right? If you need donors, you're taking money from people who are out there serving so well that they don't need donors. I'm not saying one service is more admirable or more esteemed or more virtuous. I'm saying they're both virtuous. I'm saying they're both equally virtuous. I'm saying there's no lack of virtue in serving so well that you get paid to do it. And if internally you struggle with that, you're going to have a hard time succeeding in business. 
So how exactly do you do that in e-commerce, especially like as an Amazon seller, where you're never going to necessarily shake the hand or look in the eye of the person you're serving? Now, in some cases you will, the delivery guys and the people you interact with over Zoom, your suppliers, the relationships you build with local stores or wherever it is you're getting your product from. And I strongly encourage you to build great relationships with those people. But ultimately, they aren't the people you're necessarily directly end result serving. They're end customers. You're serving them in a very significant way. You need to envision them. And this is something we even like to do with our kids when we would, for example, bring home a bunch of toys, none of which were for our own children, to sell online. We would tell them the story and have them help you tell the story. Who do you think is going to want this? You know, let's make up a pretend story of a family that we're going to serve. Who's going to buy this Lego set? For example, it's hard to find where this kid lives in another state. This is the toy he really, really, really wants for his birthday. And his mom's super busy and so is his dad. But they're going to be able to get online and click a couple buttons and it will be on their porch tomorrow. And they're so excited that it's going to be on their porch without them having to drive all over town looking for it and then not being able to find it, that they're willing to pay us a few extra dollars for having done that work for them. Isn't that cool? And as that box moves from our house all the way to their house, several states away, there's going to be all kinds of people that touch it, process it, put it into a box. The delivery guy that's going to drive it to their house, the guy who made the box, the company that makes the tape. Think of all the people who are employed at the company that made the tape that we're about to put on this box. All those jobs that are being created because we decided to serve somebody. And you can start to brainstorm this list of people and you give them names if you want. You could come up with a hundred people who have benefited because you went to the store, grabbed a few toys, and you're selling them for a profit online. It is impossible. This might be something you want to write down if you struggle with this point. And I've talked about it on past podcast episodes as well. But it is impossible to succeed in business without dramatically improving the lives of countless other people as you do so. It is impossible. It doesn't matter what your attitude is. It doesn't matter if you make a donation or give back once you've made your profit. None of that is relevant. It's impossible for you to sell products at a profit to happy customers without dramatically improving the lives of countless other people between where you are and where your customer is. The suppliers, the shippers, the people doing, creating all the products that are needed for you to do your business, all the jobs that are being created, the communities that are being lifted around the world because you chose to run a profitable business. There's virtue in that. And if you struggle to find it, you really need to go through, there's a great book by Daniel Lappin. I mention him frequently. He spoke at our virtual conference. We'll have more content from him soon. Some more opportunities too on some exciting things we're doing with him. But go to the book, Business Secrets from the Bible by Daniel Lappin or Thou Shall Prosper by Daniel Lappin. Both of them, regardless of your worldview, keep in mind, he's an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. I'm a Christian. We get along famously because we dive into these scriptural principles that can be applied regardless if you're an atheist or Muslim or whatever your worldview is. These principles simply apply. Psychologists will tell you, if you don't see virtue in the activity that you're engaged in, you will start to self-sabotage. You will set up ways for you to fail. So it feels like you're always kind of misplacing things. Like that pen was just here as you sit down to work and the pins vanished, or I had the power cord in my hand as I sat down to plug in my laptop and now it's gone and I spent 10 minutes looking for it. It could be your self-sabotaging. You don't see the virtue in the work you're doing. So subconsciously, you're setting up little barriers to you pursuing your success. It's worth a shot. It's worth considering. That may be part of what you need to fix. And this may seem like it's kind of fluff content. It's not. Because the people who succeed in business, they have no question that they're serving others well and that they deserve to succeed as a result because of all the success they're creating for so many other people. I'll put it this way. The wealth that's been accumulated by Jeff Bezos is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of the wealth that he's created for millions of others. So am I saying he deserves it? 
that's not up to me to decide, but I am saying that you can't succeed in business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others. So when you run a company with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of employees who are working and being paid to do that work, creating opportunity for people all over the world, who are we to say that he doesn't deserve to be paid? Every transaction running through that company was voluntary. And if people want their money back, they get their money back. Not so with other entities such as government where we have to pay. And if we don't like the results we're getting, we don't really have a whole lot of recourse. There's no competition there. Business operates in a world of competition and voluntary transactions. So the people who are being paid there, they better be serving well or they're not going to be around very long. So enough of that point. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. Let's get into a little bit of general Amazon selling advice. If you're a new seller, I've talked about a little bit of this today, but let me get real specific. And uh, a couple of points I have here are possibly something you've never heard before. Not stated the way that I'm about to anyway. So this is very specific advice for new sellers, or maybe you're struggling with growing as fast as you'd like. Just a couple things to turn back to some basic advice that we teach all of our new students. Success early on isn't about finding products. We can very quickly teach you how to find products. Specifically on Amazon, you need to be looking for good ASINs. And ASIN is that unique number that every listing on Amazon has. It usually starts with B00 something. It's kind of hidden in the small print. But if you look for ASIN, just search the page for ASIN, you'll see an ASIN number. Look for good ASINs, not good products. That's vital. Because if you're just looking for good products, you're going to write off and eliminate some really great products from consideration because they didn't sell good on one ASIN, but they would sell great on another ASIN. Perhaps one of the best examples is our upcoming course, provenbrandbuilding.com. We're going to go into the process involved in setting up bundles with everyday common household items stuff you've seen before, stuff that if you looked at it on Amazon right now, there's not a whole lot of money in selling it, but you bundle it together with a couple other items. And then you set that bundle up in such a way that it can't be competed with. Now you've got a good ASIN made up of terrible products, but it's a good ASIN. It's a good listing and it belongs only to you because we help you with brand registry. Now, people who set up bundles without going through brand registry, eventually competitors will come along and they'll be sitting on top of that same ASIN with you and you'll see the price start to drop. That's just the way it works over and over again all day, every day. Brand registry, get some unique products in there, something that has your brand on it that's registered with Amazon. Now you can really start to do some things. That's provenbrandbuilding.com. That course will be completely free for proven Amazon course students when it comes out. So be looking for that probably in early 2022. And the other big tip I have for you, if you're new to selling on Amazon, or maybe you're in those early struggling stages, stop buying tools and software. Sell things. Sell things at a break even or even at a slight loss. You'll be far ahead of where you would be had you continued to invest in tools and software and experts. Buy product, sell it on Amazon, lose a little money doing it. That's fine. Get used to the process. That is such a great education. If you get the proven Amazon course and you start selling some things, if you want to speed up your learning curve, get a coach. That's tremendous advice. People who succeed, follow these kinds of rules and thoughts. I hope you found this useful today. I think it was done in typical gym fashion where I wander a little bit, but I tried my best to keep it on course. And also I've had some people challenge me and say, hey, you, you claim that some of the stuff you teach is biblical concepts. Hey, give me the biblical reference if you don't mind. I would love to hear that. So I did quite a bit of that today. I could have gone far deeper on any of these points, but I wanted to keep it kind of a bullet point list that you could maybe scroll through and find useful. Uh, stick a bit of that in the show notes as well for you so you can kind of go down and see some of the scriptures I referenced and see the list. But just as a reminder, the things we hit today, follow a tribe, not an expert. Who are you hanging out with? Don't just listen to one person, not even me. You need to have a lot of really good voices in your ear, ideally people who are succeeding. 
And then when you hear someone say, oh, that opportunity is dead. First question you should ask, do you remember what it is when someone says, oh, that's a dead opportunity? Say, what are you selling? (laughs) What opportunity are you trying to get my attention on? They're trying to use fear to get you to look somewhere else. 99.9% of the time. So don't fall for it. Surround yourself with people of courage, not people of cowardice, because they're both very contagious. Success is about relationships. We hear it all the time. It's not about products. It's about relationships. Next, paying an expert, paying a specialist is always worth it. Always, always, always worth it to pay a specialist, pay an expert, pay someone who knows what they're talking about. You will be so glad you did. Be a specialist yourself as well. The more of a specialist you become, the more you will need specialists in your life. Here's a little bonus on that. I didn't dive into this. But the reason that's of biblical design is because God wants us to be interdependent on each other. He doesn't want us all living in the middle of 100 acres by ourselves in a little cabin with chopped wood outside, a couple sheep and a couple cows. As romantic as that might sound, the reality of that is day-to-day grind, hoping you have enough food for today to make it through the winter. You get sick, you die. You get a toothache, you die. You break a bone, you die. Average age of people who lived in that kind of environment, mid-30s at best, right? There's a lot of things that can go wrong when it's just you. God set up a system to make us interdependent where we can specialize. And now life becomes much easier. You get a toothache, there's a guy who does that. You can go, get it fixed. It's called a dentist, right? That's all he does. So God wants us in cultures where we're interdependent on each other, those relationships, just as a parent wants their child to lean on his other ch- their other children, their, sp- their siblings, right? How great it is to be a parent and see your kids cooperating interdependently, leaning on each other, relying on each other, using their different skills and talents. How much better it must be from God's perspective to see us doing just that. That's the biblical justification for specialization, if you'd never heard it before. Uh, next on the list, you got to see the virtue in what it is that you do. If you don't see the virtue, you're going to self-sabotage yourself. You're going to undercut yourself, undermine yourself in in little interesting ways that you may not even notice. And then I gave a little bit of general Amazon selling advice at the end. But I think that wraps up this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed hanging out with me today. I so wish that we could have a conversation and we could interact as I'm going along and you could challenge me on some of these points and come at it with a slightly different example or perspective. Add to this list. I'm sure the list would be far more brilliant had I spent some time developing it with a few good friends from my circle, from my tribe. But this was just me brainstorming today, so perhaps I missed a good point or two. Hey, send it my way. Who knows, maybe I'll stick it in the next episode. And and here's a challenge for you too. If you've been listening to this show for a while, especially, this is especially true if you're beginning to succeed with some of the things we teach around here. Your success journey includes using your voice, using your mouth being proud of what you do, seeing the virtue in it, being willing to share that opportunity with other people and mentor them along. Hey, how about being a guest on the podcast? That's a great step in that direction. We'd love to see you take that step. If you've got a story to share, you've been succeeding with us. And that's something I love about this show, by the way, is we don't just bring in random experts off the internet. You can go to YouTube and hear these guys talk. We bring in people that you can't go to YouTube and hear because it's people who've come up through our system, our coaching students who've never been online before, and now they're building incredible businesses and they're telling their story, having used our tools and services. We've got more guests than we could possibly ever get to just interviewing our own students from our own community and touching base with them again from time to time. That is a lot of guests. It's pretty funny to me uh, that I'm approached constantly Apparently, it's hard to find good guests when you have a good podcast. Not for us, but I'm approached constantly by people saying, hey, I've got a good idea for a guest. There's these services I guess you can pay if you want to be a guest on a bunch of podcasts, and you can pay them, and they will just spam email like crazy anybody that has a good podcast trying to get you on the show. And I turn them down every time like, nah, I, I don't need outside guests. I mean, I recognize that author's name. Yeah, cool dude, wrote some good books. I don't want him on my podcast though because my listeners can go to YouTube and hear him anytime. I think my listeners would rather hear everyday real people who are building real businesses, who have learned the content that we teach so they can begin to apply that content to their own life. Built a lot of credibility into our message. I'm very proud that we're there. To my knowledge, 
there's no other e-commerce podcast in the world that does what we're doing, which is just showcase story after story after story of our own successful students. And that's where all these lessons have come from today. I've had a front row seat at this 15, 17, 19-year talent show, if you will, of all these incredible people coming on stage, showing us what they can do, coming up out of humble beginnings, building incredible businesses, and then being willing to come back and spend a little time sharing it with this community, what they've learned, and maybe even building some content with us. That's what we do. And it's been such a pleasure. And I feel like we're just getting started. So God bless you, Business Building Warrior. I hope you found this useful. If you are interested in our coaching or our courses, just go to silentgym.com, jump into our free Facebook group. All the links you need are right there or contact us. We'll be happy to help you out. You know we'll have another awesome episode for you again with a guest probably next time very soon. And I look forward to it. Hey, before I let you go, one last reminder, our incredible sponsors, ilovesupplies.com. There's a link in the show notes. Go check out their poly bags. It will speed up the process of getting your inventory ready to send to Amazon. Time is money. They can help you out. ilovesupplies.com. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.